0: Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Hi, thanks for joining today. Today we have on Rabia Weller. She comes to us from the United Kingdom. She is 48 years old. She is a teaching assistant. And her health issues began around November 2020 when she found out that she had high blood pressure. And she also noticed at the time when they took some blood that maybe there were some other issues going on, but she didn't really get much of a diagnosis or anything at all until around April, 2021, when she was put on metformin. She never even was told that she had type two diabetes directly. She was just put on metformin. And at the time she was being asked to increase her dosage more and more. And she decided To take her health into her own hands and that began in august 2021 when she started fasting her starting a1c was 7.7 and now it's 5.0 so she's had quite an improvement in her a1c and along the way she has also lost around 90 pounds rabea's story is really inspirational and she's been able to accomplish a lot of good things in a very short period of time i hope you enjoy her story i know i did Hi, so happy to have you here. Hello. Hi. Before we get going, maybe you can just give us a a quick introduction. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Robia.
1: I'm 48 years old. I was born in Germany and lived there for the first 28 years, roughly, of my life. And then met an English bloke and moved to England for love, which was a great decision because I'm still with him. We're married, happily married, have two fantastic boys. And yeah, I love living in England, looking forward to go back to Germany next week because I haven't been due to COVID for three three years now. So really happy, um, but yeah, absolutely love living in England and loving my life over here.
0: Oh, fantastic, fantastic. So maybe you can just walk us through a little bit of your, your health journey because you've had type 2 diabetes now reversed and maybe high blood pressure. Maybe you can just walk us through when you figured out you had these health issues going on and and just take us back in time a little bit.
1: Yeah, no problem. So I have to admit that I did sort of ignore my health for a long, long time. Um, I've sort of, when I had my reviews for like my pill, was told, yeah, there's a bit of high blood pressure, keep an eye on it, but nothing really sort of has been put into place initially. And the weight kept creeping up, but again, nobody really said anything. And then I mentioned to a friend about my high blood pressure that it was sort of mentioned at the last meeting, and she really got on to me, you need to keep this in check. This is the silent killer. She comes from a medical background herself. So she really pushed me to do something about the high blood pressure, which I then did, started to contact the doctors and things like that. And as part of the high blood pressure, I then got prescribed Ramipril. And with that, they do a sort of, after you start taking it, a test about two weeks later to see that everything is okay. And it was during one of those blood tests that the diabetes was test- tested as well, or the A1C number. And yeah, that was, wasn't great. But again, and this is completely my own ignorance, I... I didn't do anything about it straight away, and the doctors didn't really chase it up. So this is all going back to November 2020, really. Is it? Yes. And the doctors. This was during COVID.
0: This was during
1: so, and the UK was really locked down. So yes, yes, and it didn't help that you couldn't see doctors. I think I would have been better if they would have just sent me an appointment saying go and see somebody. But they tried to phone me and. I was naughty. I was meeting a friend who I hadn't seen due to COVID for a long time. The phone call from the doctor came through and I thought, oh, I'll just deal with that later because I wanted to spend time with her. And I'm not blaming anybody, but they never rang back. <laughs> okay. So I then was like, oh, okay. can't be that bad then, you know, but yeah, then got the high blood pressure thing and started that Ramapril and then got another phone call another blood test blood test another phone call and it was pretty much like yeah you need to start on metformin and I'm like okay nobody really said you have got diabetes they just said you need to start on metformin and I did and then got to that was April 2021
0: did they run an a1c at that time or did um, they tell you yes, or do you know what your blood sugar yes. was
1: not uh, the A1C. Let me find it. In May, 2021, was 61, which is the British number, which is equivalent to 7.7 over there in okay. the US, I think. So not dramatically high, but high enough, obviously, to to be classified as a diabetic and not just pre-diabetes or anything like that. So I then finally got an appointment with a diabetes nurse. And that was in May. And that's when I was actually told, you have got diabetes. And that was after already taking the metformin for a month. It it was very, I think COVID had a lot to answer for, for not seeing people earlier and things like that. So yeah, I was at my appointment with the diabetes nurse, who was a lovely, lovely woman, absolutely fantastic, really gentle, and explained it all to me, but she used those words this is a lifelong condition. This is what you've got now. And I have to admit that initially I was just like, okay, if that's what it is, give me the medication. And, you know, I'll do that. So got the metformin. About two months later, they did another A1C test, which then was 7.6, so came on around a tiny, tiny bit. So they upped the metformin to two tablets a day did another two months later, which then was 7.4, still not coming down enough, obviously. And they wanted to up it to three tablets a day. And that's when I said, hang on, there is something else I can do. By which time I had found fasting and started to educate myself about what I should be eating.
0: How did you find fasting? Was it just through your own research or did somebody tell you about it? So it was really weird. A friend of mine sort of, we were out one day
1: um, at a camper van show, I think, and we were having breakfast and she just said, oh, I don't do breakfast anymore. And I'm like, oh, why is that? Oh, I do 16-8 fasting. So it was just sort of in a conversation, but a little seed was sown in my mind. And I then happened to mention it to, to another friend. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I've heard. And I know people have actually managed to reverse their diabetes through that. She then gave me the link to the Fasting for Survival video on YouTube by Dr. Jim Oh, I always get his wrong name wrong. Jim Jamnadas, I think. Dr. Jamnadas? is that how it's pronounced?
0: I don't know. Um, it might be.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's called Fasting for Survival. It's a it's a great video. It's an hour and a half long. So you need, you know, you need time you need to see that yeah. watch it. <laughs> But I then very, very quickly found Dr. Fung, who does a lot of sort of 10, 12, 15 minute videos, a lot more sort of snappy and um, more targeted. The Fasting for Survival is a good one to get your head into gear and say, why do I want to do fasting? And the, the Dr. Fung videos are great when you actually want to see, all right. Reversing diabetes through fasting, and what are the benefits of longer fasts and things like that? So, I found those incredibly helpful. And I then ordered all his books diabetes code, um, obesity code, and the cookbooks that are linked to those books as well. Um, and I really started to change my diet then. So, um, And that's what I said to the lady on the phone that when they wanted to have the metformin, they were very much like, um, yeah, you have to go up to three tablets a day. It's still not, you know, your A1C is still not low enough. And I said, well, give me three months. I want to try this. I did not tell them about the fasting because it's not really, um, yeah, it's not advocated here while. I said, oh, I've started to cut out sugars and carbohydrates. I want to see how that goes. And her first words were, do you think that's a sustainable way to do it? (laughs) And I'm like, I think so. Uh, I would like to give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I did that. So I started fasting. I haven't really got an official start date, but I sort of, I'm going to say at the beginning of August.
0: August 2021?
1: That's it, okay. and then it took me a bit longer to get my head around the diet bit—the carbohydrates or the um, uh, processed carbohydrates, I should say—and the refined sugars. So, from October 2021, I was getting quite strict with my diet. With my diet.
0: Before um, we go into diet, do you want to just tell yep. me when you how you started fasting? Did you yep. start with a certain protocol? Because I know you just by reading some of your Facebook posts, you've sort of evolved over time. Maybe you can just kind of talk about how that's been going.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So I started with the typical 60 night, which I didn't find that difficult really, because my husband comes home between five half-five. We're eating dinner between six and seven. And then I never really struggled too much with pushing the breakfast back. So I work in the mornings, um, I work as a teaching assistant with four and five year olds. So it's a busy morning, you know, you don't really sit still. And I never really sort of struggled with pushing the breakfast back. So the 60 night, I personally, I mean, everybody's different, but I personally find it incredibly easy. And what it really helped me with was not eating the wrong things at the wrong time right so while well before i would eat easily any rubbish after eight o'clock of an evening and then the biscuits in the staff room and all this and just for me and again everybody's different but what helped me was an app called fast steak where you just put your timer on and it does a bit of a countdown timer for you and for me that was just like a little switch yeah, I'm fasting now. I'm not going to have that chocolate. I'm not going to go in the start room. So it, I don't know. And then you have, I personally then have a good feeling when I make it to that goal. And you know, it just just sort of worked for me. Um, and then I found I was only eating at 12 because I could eat, not because I was hungry. So I very quickly was able to push it a bit later. And then it really didn't take me that long to get into the 18 hours, 19 hours, 20 hours. But for me, I always said, as long as I can make the 16 hours and everything else is a bonus.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So you sort of yeah. approached it that way. And then when you started, did you, you, you would change your diet and started fasting around the same time? Is that right? Or did one come before the other?
1: Yeah, definitely one before the other. So the fasting came for, first for me. It did come with eating not too much rubbish, but I would still eat initially pasta and rice and things like that, potatoes, but it still made me feel better. And another thing I did, although I was advised against this by by my diabetes nurse, is get a blood glucose monitor. So I haven't got the continuous one, I just have the finger prick one, but... It sort of helped me to educate, you know, how are my blood glucose levels? You know, what are they like in the morning and things like that? So
0: did you um, start noticing a difference after you started fasting that? Well, I want to. Yeah. Tell me that. And then tell me what happened with the metformin, because I assume at some point you had to tell your doctors what was going on so you could get off it. Or did you just get off it? (laughs)
1: All right. Yes, I would. So, yeah, the blood glucose monitor. um, So I started to take regular readings. And to be honest, they. They were quite positive from fairly early on, thanks to the, the fasting. And when I then started to change my diet, I did actually stop taking the metformin, which without um, talking to a healthcare professional, which I do not advise anybody to do. So please.
0: Um, <laughs> I have, we're, I, we're all guilty of that, taking our health into our own hands. So I get yes. it. <laughs> And again, this is going back to
1: the Fasting for Survival video. It is what the doctor there promotes, not, not to get off medication. And he does say, you know, keep your healthcare professional in, in the picture. But he said, please take your own health into your own hands, you know? And I thought, yeah, no, he's, he's got a point. At the end of the day, it is my body and, you know, it's my future. So, um, and because I was taking the blood glucose levels, I could see that I was doing okay without the metformin. I would have, obviously, I did it up to three times a day, sort of the morning one. And then probably before I started having my first meal and a couple of hours later. So that I could always keep a check on it. And they were okay. So why would I need to put anything into my body? But, you know, as like medication wise. So I thought, well, I've got it here if I need it if the numbers always get too ridiculous but um yeah let's let's see what i can do
0: did you ever notice cuz i've heard from other people that if they were on metformin and they were also fasting and were changing their diet that the metformin was causing them to have low blood sugars did you experience any of that
1: no i didn't have any low, low blood sugars um i did have uh two very um uncomfortable episodes um with metformin where I got caught out luckily I just about made it to the toilet so um yeah I don't want to go into too many details but it was very very uncomfortable and that's when I thought well let's see how I do let's see how I do without this yeah and that makes I sense. never had any more any more stomach issues afterwards so um I yeah I was I was quite happy with definitely keeping an eye on it I wouldn't have just stopped taking the metformin and, and hope for the best it was because I did to the blood glucose readings so
0: so you started fasting uh you've you then basically yep. got off the metformin as a result of fasting you hadn't really changed your diet very much when did the jet diet actually change
1: so that was october that october.
0: was yeah so
1: i say fasting about august Sept, all of august all of september beginning of october was when i really changed the diet and that's when i stopped taking the metformin and having the blood glucose but i think because my body was already used to the fasting that did help with the blood glucose readings obviously so i don't think i could have just yeah it it sort of went hand in hand and um yeah and to be honest once i discovered what i can eat i didn't find it that difficult i know people still say to me how can you live without pasta and bread and all the other things it's not that it depends on what you like so for me to discover that I can have nuts avocados meat uh, cheese full cream or double cream in my coffee I was a very happy bunny
0: (laughs) so yeah so you found you didn't really miss food as much as you thought you might no yeah that's and you probably well let's talk about too your you had like amazing weight loss so you were probably getting positive reinforcement from the weight loss and the health changes and yes what was your weight loss journey like um again
1: i haven't got a proper starting weight because i got to the point where i was too embarrassed to stand the scales and see the numbers but I have got, I must have, I think I've done it when I had to fill in an online form. So more or less a year ago to the day, so April 2021, I was 112 kilos, which is 400. No, sorry, 248 pounds. Okay. And at the moment, I'm hovering around the 20, no, sorry, 72 kilo marks, which is 158
0: pounds. Oh, great. And how tall are you? I'm five foot six. Five foot six. Okay, wow. So yeah. that's that's very significant.
1: Yeah, so I lost about 90 pounds, give or take. And um I am technically still overweight, which is ridiculous because everybody who sees me says, You look great, I feel great, I feel healthy, I have tons of energy, I fit into a UK size 12, which if I get that right, is a US size 10. So that, doesn't scream overweight at me but just going by this BMI which doctors are still using I'm still about I don't know five six pound
0: overweight that's nothing I'm sure over time you'll if you want to you can lose it are you still trying to lose weight or are you pretty happy where you are I'm fairly happy
1: it's it's a little bit of a silly thing but I would quite like to get to a hundred pound weight loss because it sounds great isn't it if you can say to somebody I lost a hundred pound which sort of ties it with the English measurements of about seven stone or for my European friends sort of 45 kilos so but it's not the BL and, and all to get there I I feel great I can walk in any shop now and pick up a size whatever 12 30 sorry 12 or 14 and fit comfortably in it and it's one of those non-scale victories really to to be able to do that and not think oh have they got something that looks okay in a size 20 or 22 so it's it's a lot easier now and and i i feel fantastic i really do feel great
0: yeah i've seen your before and after pictures and they're pretty stunning the transformation that you've had yeah you look like a totally different person yeah so.
1: i do i do feel like a different person i was never unhappy as such i'm quite a pretty happy-go-lucky person and you know i've always had my husband backing me no matter what white i was you know he's he's always there for me he has been a rock throughout well, ever since i met him but i mean obviously he is over the moon probably more the fact that I'm probably going to be around a lot longer <laughs> um but yeah now just um he loves what I'm cooking these days that's another non-scale victory I we re- uh, rediscovered my love for cooking cooking from scratch and I'm married to a green grocer he can bring me home all fresh ingredients all day every day it's it's yeah I love it and I think I said before those cookbooks um that tie in with the obesity code and the diabetes code so there's two cookbooks that go with those books um stunning recipes in there and yeah my husband loves it has
0: has your husband started fasting at all or is he is that is that your um, thing it's a it, it's my
1: thing it's a work in progress i wouldn't like him to give it a go when he's ready but it's it's my thing i wouldn't push it on anybody if somebody wants advice and wants to talk about it i'm absolutely give them any help that i can um, but yeah i would never push anybody into it and he's i mean he's lucky because i don't know i'm a little bit strange but i do actually quite enjoy cooking for him while i'm fasting it's like a little power like, I don't know, I can, can't really explain it, but it's like, look how strong I am. And you know, I can cook this meal for him and not eat it. So, but equally, if I would ever say, I'm not cooking today, I need to stay out of the kitchen, he would just get himself sorted it. You know, he's not one of those that needs his dinner on the table when he walks in, so.
0: Yeah, well, that's really nice that you have a good support system. That makes all the difference in the world when yes. you're trying to go through this. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of your favorite recipes that you like to make?
1: Um, I like it really. That's a really good chili recipe in in the cookbooks. It's just basic things. Um, Fish recipes, stews. I've just got a Hungarian goulash on the on the go for tomorrow. Um, It's just finding alternatives for those sort of I used to love pasta. I'm not going to lie to you. Pasta dishes are, you know, But I find actually what I really liked about it was the bolognese sauce, but, you know, the the meat sauce. So it's actually okay not to have the pasta, just to have the sauce, you know, have something with it. Um, Do you ever use
0: spaghetti squash or anything like that? Because I'm a big pasta fan too, and I use spaghetti squash now a lot of the time.
1: I haven't yet tried to – I haven't yet managed to source that over here, but I have just bought a spiralizer, so I'll probably try, um, like – perhaps um, carrots or, yeah, or um, butternut squash, spiralize that or th- something like that. I haven't yet found spaghetti squash over here, but I have seen it in recipes.
0: Yeah, okay, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's um that's a good replacement for... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's shocking, like, you know, you eat spaghetti squash and that totally kills your your desire for, for regular pasta. Yeah. And then, I don't know if you've tried those um, those fathead doughs or, and I know you mentioned that you like cauliflower pizza crust oh yes
1: yeah 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 that that was surprisingly good you know sometimes you read a recipe and think this is not gonna work and honestly the cauliflower pizza crust I think people should at least give it a try I was so surprised how nice it is I don't think you would necessarily know if you put that in front of somebody put the toppings on you know it looks like a pizza and well it's all we do now the so my husband will eat that as well you know and yeah i try I try all sorts of uh recipe. I do still use uh coconut flour and almond flour and things like that if I really want like um something that's a bit like a bread so I've got a recipe for like a ninety second um microwave bread. it's just coconut flour egg and butter i think and yeah it 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 works it's fine, but I do find while I would before easily eat two, three sandwiches, wouldn't even, you know, be a problem. I don't miss it anymore. I don't. I don't miss bread, which I thought I would.
0: Yeah. It's like one of those things. Once you retrain your body, it just sort of gets with the program. And then once you put it out of your mind, you you can pretty much do anything. So you're not, in your mind, you're never going back to the old way. You're totally happy and set in this lifestyle.
1: Yes. Yeah. And just to know that um I don't think I've said it, but the longest fast I have done was a seven-day fast. And that wasn't so much for weight loss, that was really um for, for health benefits, because there's you know, obviously several studies that longer fasts do come with different health benefits like the autophagy and uh things like that. So um it's just good to know that I can do it. So you know, if anything ever sort of creeps up, either the the black um, sugars or or the weight, I can just throw in a couple of longer fasts. Not, I don't know if I'm ever going to do seven days again.
0: Yeah, how did that <laughs> but, go? Maybe you can walk us through that. How what was that like? Oh, it was.
1: Um, it's really tricky to say. I don't want to say it was easy because it wasn't. Because I do like food and I don't think that will ever change I am a real foodie and um I'm on loads of Facebook groups um some of them which do promote the longer fast and people are like oh after day three you're not even thinking of food anymore that did not happen to me I literally thought about food a lot I wasn't hungry you do get over the hunger you do or when you know the hunger comes and goes and that goes gets easier but I know that a lot of people say, oh, you don't even think about food anymore. So that never happened for me. I could not wait to break my fast and do it carefully and all, you know, but yeah. um, I was very proud that I managed to do it. And I think from a health point of view, it certainly has uh, helped to push that A1C level into the health range where I am
0: now. What is your A1C Uh, right now? It you know? is, uh, hang on, five. 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 Oh, perfect. <laughs> that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Wow. So you went so, from 7.7 um, 7 to five. That's great. Yes. Yes,
1: pretty much. And that's in less than a year, really. Amazing. So Amazing. I really managed to, in three months, so after I had that phone call and they wanted to up my metformin again, um I said, give me three months. And I put it, uh, I then managed to get it into 5.9, which is just the cutoff where you are sort of in the healthy range. And then three, sorry, three months to get just about into the healthy range. And then another three months to get it into a really healthy range.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you with your extended fast story. So when you're doing extended fasting, you, I know you said that you take some supplements and some salt. So maybe you can tell, tell me like what kind of things you did during that longer fast to help you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I do all day, every day is in the morning, I have some pink uh, Himalayan salt in my in my black coffee. Um, I just do that now. I really like it. I like the taste of it in the coffee. Um, I then also and again, this is um, things you sort of pick up along the way. did the um, Epsom salt bath. So we don't have a bath. We only have a shower. So I just did the foot bath but apparently it's 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 as good and I made some magnesium spray again with the Epsom salt and salt water and just in a spray bottle. So
0: is the idea that it sort of absorbs through your skin?
1: Yes. Okay, yeah, I think so. I, I yeah, I haven't I
0: haven't heard about that but that's a good idea actually. Yeah um again you just google stuff don't you so things things come
1: up and i i didn't think it would do any harm and i think magnesium is definitely one that is mentioned a lot um by dr fang himself so is the himalayan pink sauce you hear it on the podcast you see it on the videos and it's it's fairly easy um and then i've started to take some supplements but i do only take them when i'm eating so when i'm fasting i just trust that my body has enough things that I need um apart from the as I said the salt and the, the the magnesium um and then I'm just taking some multivitamins um and I was told collagen is good for the skin so I've started to take some of that but I do only do that on my eating day. so that's and vitamin D that's it okay
0: so you've really, I, the thing I actually like about intermittent fasting, and I've noticed this as a trend among all the people that I've spoken to is like, once you start fasting, you become interested in everything else health related. And so then, yeah. you know, like with you your yes. diet change and you're interested in the vitamins and you know, it's, just, it's really incredible how your mindset shifts and you just are totally focused on health and taking your health back. So that's, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: So have you, so you saw your doctors, obviously you got your A1C and it's five. Did you then tell them, hey, I've been fasting or did you, have, have you just kept yeah. that a secret?
1: <laughs> no, I finally, finally admitted to it. And that was on my last telephone call, which was about a week, week and a half ago. And I actually had a doctor who seemed to be really happy with, you know, the results with my weight loss and everything. And obviously the A1C result. And I did then say to her, I am... Um, I um, well, have been fasting, yes, I told her about the fasting. She seemed happy with that, she didn't question it. And um, she then said, oh, you can now stop taking the metformin. <laughs> Which I'm
0: like, oh yeah, okay, let's do
1: that. I so like I did, um, like three months ago. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was tempted to do it, but I knew that well, I didn't know, but I feared and I was right that once I tell them I'm off the medication, I won't get the regular blood tests anymore. And I I did ask her, I said, look, if once I'm off, you know, all medication and everything, can I have uh, like twice yearly, every six months, can I have a blood test? I like having that hanging over me, if that makes sense, to just keep me on track. And she said, oh, that's probably not going to be possible. And I'm a little bit annoyed because I'm thinking, I'm not costing the NHS any money anymore because I'm of all medication. I'm less unlikely to get seriously ill because I've taken my health into my own hands. Yet, I mean, if push comes to shove, I'm just gonna pay privately for it. That's, that's not the issue. I'm just a little bit annoyed that they haven't said yeah, You know, it, a blood test can't be that expensive.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I think you can, I know here in the US you can buy home A1C kits, so I assume you okay. can buy them there. I mean, Possibly. I always can get them because of the type 1, it's just like a, mm. and actually I had a recent doctor visit and she said your A1C is so good and usually when it's this good, like we wait six months instead of doing it every three months And I thought, just like you, I was like, Oh, that's weird. Why can't we just, don't you want me to keep having good A1Cs? It's not, it wasn't her. It was just like, she said, I don't know how much, if your insurance is going to push back since your A1C last time was, I think it was 5.3 or something. So she said, it's it's so good that I don't, they may give you trouble paying for it. Um, so I thought, all right, maybe I'll just wait. But I know because I have a continuous glucose monitor, exactly what's happening all day long. So you, you are testing three times a day. Are you still testing three times a day? or? Um. So because I'm sort of there more or
1: less where I want to be weight-wise, so it's all about the diabetes now, keeping that in check. So I do mainly do uh, one meal a day now. So uh, I sort of check before and after that meal. So uh, once or twice daily now. And sometimes when I... Because I think I have to start incorporating a bit of the sort of not naughty foods. I don't want to say naughty because there aren't any naughty foods. But like I went for a Thai buffet on Wednesday. And yes, I could have made the healthy choices and just have the two sort of on-plan meals. But I thought, you know what, let's see what my buddy if I go and have the whole lot so I had the prawn toast I haven't had bread in months so you know obviously carbohydrates and this and there is surely quite a bit of sugar involved in the Thai cooking you know I had just the sweet chili sauce itself you know it's 90% sugar or more Um and I then just said so I uh, took my readings after I got home and it was high, it was the highest it's ever been. I think it was about 190. And I just then fasted until it came back down again. So that's when I sort of take the the reading and I just say to myself, okay, I'm not going to eat again until it's in the healthy
0: range. How long did that take? I'm just curious. Do you remember? Uh, less than 24 hours. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, so
1: you're, n- you're not great. Probably not how, a uh, You know healthy body would uh, react but i i was happy with that
0: yeah yeah i mean look i i think it's important that you bring that up because we're none of us are perfect and i had i did something similar i had a piece of cake uh which normally i never do Mm -hmm. and i was really for almost six or eight hours really paying the price for it even though i'm using Mm -hmm. insulin you know and i can bring it down it's just it was a lot of stubborn high blood sugars, and with type one diabetes, I have a, a basal background insulin, and mm-hmm. I was trying to bump that up to try to like you know help out with it. I was taking a lot of extra bolus insulin, which is for you know meals and and eating carbohydrates, and I just couldn't bring it down. It just yeah. took forever. And then the next day, I weighed on the scale, and I was like two pounds heavier. And, and I'm like, it was a small piece of cake, and I gained yeah. two pounds over that. So yeah. I mean, it's just. But anyway, it's it's important to know that look you know it, nobody's doing this perfectly all the time just yeah. and you can't strive for that because if you're if you feel like you have to be perfect then you're definitely gonna fail at it yeah. you know there's gonna be times yeah. where, you, where you can't do it the way you want no, to no, and no, then absolutely. you just correct yeah yeah and
1: because i know i you know if i would have needed to fast 48 hours i know i can do it you know I'm, I'm i've sort of got that tool in my in my bank now so um Yeah, I'm quite happy. So I think I said earlier on, I'm going to go over to Germany soon to see my family. And going back sort of where you grew up, there are certain foods I just know I want to eat because, you know, it's childhood memories and all this all linked uh, to food. And people obviously I haven't seen for two to three years. So and what do people do? They get together for food. It is just what is normal these days, isn't it? Oh, has been. Yeah, it's always sort of linked. And um, I'm not going to go crazy, but I will, I will eat what I want, but I will still do the 16 hours fasting every day because that is so easily incorporated in, in everything. So yeah, um, when I have a meal of, of an evening, I just won't meet anybody until lunchtime the next day. So it's, it's, it's all in my head. I have got it all planned. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and if for whatever reason you go and you're like i feel like eating breakfast lunch and dinner every single day i'm here and then when you come back you'll just get back yeah. into it that's the beauty about fasting is it just yeah it's so effortless to just get back to what you need to do uh, yeah that's what
1: i love about it how flexible it is and i know there are some super warriors out there that are always making the right decision and always doing this and um, they also criticize when people put food post on, you shouldn't be having that. I think let people be, let people do what they want to do. If somebody asks for advice, yes, give advice, but not, um, you know, if somebody's enjoying a pizza, let them have a pizza, you know, you don't need to eat the pizza.
0: Yeah, well, and plus sometimes I find that, you know, like eating this piece of cake, it just reminds me, like, wow, this is really not good for you. It's, sometimes yeah. it's good to just kind of reinforce, like, what you're doing, the diet you have now, the way you're managing your blood sugars is the right way to do it. And sometimes, yeah. you know, falling off the wagon for a piece of cake or a Thai buffet or whatever is what brings you back in to say, yeah, this I don't really want to do that every day. That's not good for me. Mm. So, and, and you can extend that to an entire vacation if you're gone for a week or two, whatever, and you just you come back and you're – you gained a few pounds and you don't feel good. It's just a reminder that this is not how you want to live your life, you know, in general. Yeah. Yeah, so.
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, so tell me um, a little bit about, well, first of all, I want to ask about, so you do OMAD. Do you do, how do you do OMAD? I do OMAD as well, but I do it like a, you know, restaurant style where I have an appetizer, like, you know, appetizer main. Okay dessert dessert really isn't dessert maybe it's fruit or something but you know something like that where or do you do like the one plate a day how, how do you do it um
1: so as i said i do mainly omad but i do really like switching it around so there will be days where i have lunch and dinner there's t- days where i have a mid-afternoon meal that you know it really depends on sort of how my mood takes me and um if i do the Dinner of an evening, it's gonna be whatever I cook for me and my husband, and we'll we'll have that. And it is out of the cookbooks, or I now know now what ingredients I can use or can't use. And I do still eat a lot. I've always eaten big portions and but now, now I eat the right things, so to say um i do admire people that say oh after a long fast or after any fast oh i can only have a handful of right um nuts and i'm full um that's not me i still eat quite a lot but um it's because i'm eating what i hope are the right things um i don't feel i don't feel bad about it so yeah i haven't got a strict sort of procedure i follow because i think listening to your podcast you sort of eat uh, lunchtime don't you every day
0: yeah i do i open around 10 and close around mm. like one one-ish yeah thereabouts. yeah i think for type ones especially just because y- you know you have all this insulin going on it's it's hard for me and a couple other type ones that i've spoken to when you have if you eat dinner and not, and some people have no choice but to eat dinner because of their work schedules or whatever and that that's the meal that they choose to do it with but for me, just getting the meal out of the way, I get all of the insulin, all of the bolus insulin for meals out of my system so that by the time I go to bed, I don't have to worry about it because Yeah. For type 1s, overnights can be really <laughs> a pain. Tricky,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cuz if you have too much insulin going on, it can, you know, drive you low and then you end up having to wake up in the middle of the night to eat something, which is yeah. never any fun. Or you end up high and you just stay high for a really long time because you're not actively dealing with it because you're asleep. And so for me, I just find that it's easier to deal with it in the morning slash lunch. Yeah,
1: well, I really like switching it around. Uh, however, I don't like eating late at night anymore. It really, I don't think it's anything to do with my blood sugars. I just don't like the feeling of going to bed with a with a big stomach, you know, full of food. And um, yeah, I, I, so if I now invite people around to dinner, they have to come at 6.30. <laughs> And that's fine. A lot of people are happy with that. Um, and like tonight, we're going out to a friend's house who very kindly um, are cooking on plan for me, which I thought was lovely. I'm very lucky. Um, people are very, very good in my life. And um, yeah, we're going to see them at 6.30. So yeah, I don't need to need to eat too late um, because I just don't like it anymore.
0: Yeah. And I, I, um, I always take a shower at night too before I go to bed. And I remember before intermittent fasting and moving my window to the morning you i would get in the shower and my stomach would be all puffed out mm. and like i just i hate that feeling so i yeah. agree with you 100 percent like i don't like to go to bed full i just no i sleep so much better if my stomach is you know Yes, yeah. the food's been digested for the most part yeah i think there's
1: a lot of evidence that that is better for you no matter what diet you follow i think a lot of people say sort of make sure you eat sort of two three four hours before you before you actually go to bed so
0: yeah so i saw something on facebook about that you like to exercise a little bit more now oh yes so tell me what kind of exercises you're you're doing so at the moment it's just uh once a week and it's something called
1: boxercise which is it's just such good fun and i was very very apprehensive of starting it um i know the lady who runs the class and so i contacted her privately and said look um I'm I'm not fit I I don't know if I can do it I don't know if I can hack it I and she said it's it's going to be fine just come along and because I started in January this year, so I had already lost an incredible amount of of um, weight. I was fitter than I thought I would be I mean and actually I started on day five of my seven day fast I did that first boxer size class. And I was on a high, I was, I wasn't, yeah, I had so much energy, which if you sort of think back to what you learn all your life, it's like, yeah, make sure you eat this before and, and you can't exercise on, on an empty stomach. And actually what I do now, most weeks, I actually fast on that Thursday when, when I have my size class, because I really like working out on that empty stomach. Interesting. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel it's it's. I think it's where the ketones kick in and you just feed off those and you are just yeah, I, well, it certainly works for me. Um, one Thursday, I did have a lunch. And as I said, I normally go a little bit over the top with how much I eat. And it was the so I started in January doing this, I've done it every Thursday since January. And that was the only evening where I felt sick while I was um, exercising was when I when I had that sort of two bigger meal at a sort of uh, early afternoon. So I thought, okay, lesson learned. Let's just stick with, the, you know, again, you have to find what works for you. But um, it certainly helps with the weight loss. The only thing and I think I remember one of your guests had a very similar experience. So as I said, I did it on the first exercise class on day five of my seven day fast. So my blood sugars were obviously very, very low. So I thought, oh, I wonder what there will be now after the exercise class and they were like higher than they had been for four or five days. And I couldn't believe it. And it was not and it was Lee Harrington, I think, who you spoke to, who, who had a very similar experience. And I thought, oh, well, it must be must be OK then, because obviously overall. Exercising is obviously good and will help in the long run to to keep the blood sugar low. But- it did. It did, um, knock me sideways first because I was like, "How can how can my blood sugar be high? I've had not eaten for
0: five days." It's it is surprising. It happens. Type ones know this for sure. There's different different exercises will do different things to you. So if you walk, then your blood sugar will go down pretty much immediately once you start walking, um, and that's like a low impact exercise, obviously. But if you run or you do like a spin bike or something like that, something that's really high intensity, then your Mm. blood sugar will go up. And in fact, most times, if I'm gonna do something that's more high intensity, uh, pretty soon after I start, I'll take insulin, which is totally counterintuitive. (laughs) You know, because for the longest time I thought, oh, I have to, just like you, I was like, oh, I have to carbo load or do something before I work out, because I'm definitely gonna go low. But I finally realized after all this time that different exercises have different impacts on your body, and actually, you may find too that not every single time you do it, even if the circumstances are almost exactly the same, it may have a different impact on your blood sugar. Yeah. Because sometimes I do a high intensity workout and it drives me low. It's just, oh. blood sugars are very strange. Very strange. Let's just yes. put it that way. But absolutely. I am not surprised that you went high from a high intensity workout. <laughs> mm, yeah. Let's just put it that but way.
1: But yeah, so I absolutely love it. And what else I, I would Something else I do every day is uh walking. Uh we've rescued a little dog a year ago. So I'll I'll take, I'll take her out every day. So that's obviously good. But I've always been doing that. So even before uh we had our own dog, I walked um dogs of friends and family members because I always like dogs. So I just never did the step to have my own, but I now do, which is lovely. Um So I've always been sort of active in, or as you said, it's low, it's low impact, isn't it? But I've always walked those recommended ten thousand steps or whatever it is, and just with my job alone, as I said earlier on, although I only work mornings, but you sort of do half of your steps in that morning alone because four and five year olds don't sit still, funnily enough. So now do I, Um, which I love it, I love it, I wouldn't change it for the world. But um, yeah, so I've never really been. You know, I've always done a form of exercise, but of course, as we said, it's low impact. And if you then eat, I don't know, 5,000 calories for lunch because you have, good knows what, you know, obviously it never had the desired effect. So, but um, yeah, it's all, all good now.
0: So when you, since you, when you started working out more heavily with the boxer size, what, and you, you said it was to lose, to help lose weight. Had you hit a plateau or something like that?
1: No, I just found, so I've always, when I was living in Germany, I was super sporty. I did, um, oh gosh, I played handball, which is not very well known over here, but it's a very active, very fast moving sport. Um, I used to play football, volleyball, anything with a ball involved. I I was there and I I loved it. And then I moved over here and, you know, started a family and all this. Um, So it sort of all fell by the wayside a bit, partly because you can't play handball here. So there was a little bit of a disappointment. I did a bit of volleyball and all that. So I was always really into sports, mainly team sports, I like the social side of it and things like that. Um, then you start raising a family and you know, which is lovely. And, but it's a bit trickier to to find the time to, to find a team and join a team and all this. So um, yeah, when then my friend started this boxercise class, I thought, oh, that does sound fun. Although it's not a team sport, but you're together with the same people. It's around music, which I love. So I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. So it wasn't so much for any other reason than just try to... My children are now 17 and 19, so that's a lot easier as well. You know, they live their own life, so it's all a lot easier to fit these things in now. And um, yeah, it wasn't really to help me um go past a plateau or anything like that i've I've, yeah it's just to have some fun and obviously stay fit
0: nice nice have you had any plateaus along the way because anybody i feel like you know when you're losing weight especially in the beginning it comes off very easily and then as you start getting closer and closer to what your natural body weight should be you kind of plateau somewhere (laughs) have you had any of that
1: Um, So to start with, the weight didn't come off as quickly as I thought it would. If I go back to, because I've always sort of struggled with my weight, so I've done Weight Watchers, I've done Slimming World, and I was successful with both while I was following their program, obviously. Um, But the weight, and I was a lot younger. I think age has got something to do with it as well. The weight would come off really, really easily. So then I started fasting, and I thought, oh, this is just going to drop off me. And it took, yeah, let's just say it didn't go as quickly as I wanted. So what I did is put the scales away because I was getting too frustrated by it. And um, I'm still, I wish well, they have come back out and I'm keeping an eye on it. But I think once I get to my goal, weight, which is very, very close now, I will I will put them away and then perhaps just do once a month to make sure, you know, because you can tell by your clothes, can't you, and how you feel and which is more that is more important anyway. So um, I then went to weighing myself once a month, which and that that really sad. So there might have been little plateaus along the way. But because I put the scales away, I, I didn't notice them. Um, and yeah, at the moment, so when I, I had a bit of an experiment about alternate day fasting, mm-hmm. so the weight came, weight came off quite nicely then. But then creeping back on but we, I'm talking sort of four or five pounds you know sort of as I, as I said at the moment I'm rather what did I say 158 pound mark and yeah I, I'll push it a bit further at some point but yeah so I was quite lucky that I if there were plateaus I haven't really noticed them too much
0: well good good yeah I, I noticed a couple here and there but You know sometimes you just stay there for a little while even if you're and then and then the weight just comes off and it never comes back which is good but it's just your not your body's natural way of like catching up to what you're doing i think in a lot of cases so it's not necessarily the end of the world um well your story's been really fascinating before we wrap up do you want to just you know there's a lot of people that are starting on a fasting journey uh, a lot of people with diabetes pre-diabetes and it's kind of it's overwhelming in the beginning do you have any Mm tips or anything that you would like to share um you know for those people that are just starting out maybe yeah
1: so one of the best things I have um read on one of the many Facebook groups was um have a goal but not a timeline so if you think how long it took for you to either get diabetes or um be the way you are you did not wake up one morning with that didn't you you sort of it was a journey towards where you are um so I would really say yes have have, whatever your goal might be it might be right or it might be okay let's get you know into pre-diabetes or um even better than that get let's get back into the healthy range but don't put yourself under pressure to do it by September or you know just just sort of have the long-term goal but don't I, I think putting yourself under pressure is sort of you, you're probably bound to fail more than. And the other one is trust in the process. Just trust that it is going to work, maybe not as quickly, maybe not as easily. And just take it day by day. You know, if you can't start with 16 hours fasting, do 12. It, it, it doesn't matter. Every hour you fast, you are doing something good to your body you know and then just I always say the first thing so if somebody says to me what would you do I had didn't do it like that but you know what can you give me a tip just go back to three meals a day let that be your first step cut out the snack, and we don't need to snack it's nice to snack but we don't need to do it do we go back to your three meals a day and then push the breakfast a bit later push the dinner a little bit earlier before you know it you're at the 16 hours and then see how you feel
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. I think, I think we all put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect and to do everything just right and meeting timelines and goals. And it's just like, you know, you got to take it day by day and it's, it doesn't have to be a, a race to the finish line. You know, you're going to be alive the next day and the next day after that, try to just make good choices and, and work toward those every single day, instead of being rushed to get to the finish line. I think that's a, a great message. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it, and I love your story, so thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for chatting to me.
0: Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.